Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me this evening via Zencaster is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, uh, the time has actually come. The Islanders are off to the bubble in Toronto. And uh, this week they're going to play an exhibition game against Rangers and then take on the Panthers. And it's very weird to have gotten to this point. I'm a little bit <laughs> surprised and and uh, scared. And I don't know, there's a lot of emotions going on right now. Yeah, it's... Uh it's like a wave of, you know, wave of emotions that like you, you and you can't really parse through them because they're all very much related. Like you, I get really excited and then I get like a little bit nervous because I'm like, Oh, am I getting too excited? And then I start thinking about like, Oh, what if, you know, am I, when the, the Islanders announced their roster and I started to get mad about, you know, a couple of the young players not making it. Um, and I was like, Oh, well, I'm, I'm actually happy about that because then it's, it feels normal. So I'm like, I'm happy to be upset about a roster decision again. Um, so, like you said, like it's just as Mike Francesa would say, the tons of a uh, tons of emotions just crashing into one another, uh, and I, yeah, I can't really make sense of any of it, and I don't think anybody out there can. And when the puck drops, I, I don't, I don't even know about dropping on uh, the exhibition games because I still think it'll be weird. But like when the puck drops on a game that means something, uh, whether it be the Islanders game or even that first game on Saturday, which I think is um, Rangers and Hurricanes, like. I think that's when you're you're going to start to feel better about everything and just like about how you're going to be able to handle it. Yeah, um, you know, we talked last time about how this is a very unprecedented situation. Like, you know, we could sit here and parse out which team has this, that, and the other thing going for them, but 
the end of the day, none of these teams have played since the end of February. You know, I mean, uh, and it's they've been off for months and months and months. And, yeah, they're riding Pelotons and doing Zoom meetings and keeping up contact with each other. And, you know, they've been on the ice for the last week and a half or so doing drills like kind of normal, quote unquote, normal, like what they would normally have. But, I mean, it's July. Like normally these guys are off on an island somewhere in July and preparing for another season coming up in a training camp in September. And here they are getting ready to play for the Stanley cup. I mean, for the, for the most part. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's, there's a lot going on. I mean, there's the pandemic is still going on, but I mean, they're all going to be in Toronto, which, you know, for us is, is kind of a charged situation. Um, The uh, Leafs of course are going to take center stage, no matter what they do, I guess. Uh, And the Islanders are going to be there. Uh, The media situation is all different. You know, uh, independent media uh, are going to be home and there's going to be just a select group of like NHL approved media guys. And, you know, one, one person I think from each team is going to be there. So it's going to be a different way to get information uh, from these sort of situations. Uh, So even that's going to be different, you know, nothing is going to be the same. And yeah, I think I agree with you. Like, you know, it's it's going to be weird to see them play an exhibition game, but you know we're used to kind of summer exhibition games. It's a little bit like the, the prospect game, I guess, so you kind of see some time in the summertime. But yeah, once once the puck drops on Saturday for games that actually count in August, I mean, I, I don't really know what what's going to happen, you know. And then <laughs> regardless of what, I'm sure that once the Islanders start playing, actually, and the fact that it's the Rangers too and Hurricanes, two teams that most Islanders fans probably don't like very much at all. Um. Yeah, I think there's gonna all of a sudden be a shift, and you're gonna be like, "Oh man, now I'm in, now I'm invested in this." Whereas you know a week ago, it, you know you could kind of see pick up a little bit of information here and there, but now all of a sudden it's gonna seem very real. And the closer the Islanders get to either being eliminated or moving on, it's gonna seem even more real, realer than real. And uh, you know, before you know it, it's gonna be late August, and you're gonna be watching hockey that that matters, whether your team's in it or not. Yeah, it's the Toronto thing is. Just hilarious to me, uh, and I and I get the decision was made obviously with uh, safety in mind, but you just knew it was going to happen, and it's mm-hmm. it's it's the NHL bubble featuring you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs and fifteen other teams to 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 lose to the Leafs. I, I'm really excited actually more than anything to see how how that kind of um, like just unfolds because the people and players in Toronto, especially like when they leave and they talk about oh, you know. Hey, Bates Battaglia, what was it like playing in Toronto? And you say, oh, you know, it's like playing in a bubble. And now it actually is. So uh, there's it's, that irony is not really lost on me. But uh, the, the the teams that are in it, first of all, like will make it hard. Like you were saying, will make it very hard for you not to be invested because you're going to want to see, you know, the Rangers lose playoff games. You're going to want to see the Maple Leafs lose playoff games. You're going to want to see the Penguins get upset by the Montreal Canadiens. Like this, there's going to be all your least favorite people from high school are coming to this party and you're going to want to see them all get denied. So uh, you, it's not, it's not like there's, there's tons of stuff for the, for Islanders fans to sink their teeth into right away. Like you think about the Minnesota wild, like, and I, maybe I'm speaking out of turn cause I'm not a Minnesota wild fan, but are all, you know, who do they have a crazy rivalry with, with like half the teams in, in the tournament? I don't think so. Like we hate every team basically that's in the, in this thing. So, um, once, once, once those games start to really unfold, and, and hopefully a couple of them get close to elimination, although then you get to the, do I want them to be eliminated in round one because th- they're going to win the you know the draft lottery uh, conversation? So even even that like the emotions are going to be different. But 
uh, at the same time, like it's just there's enough for Islander fans to to kind of like feast on uh, once this thing uh, starts. That I'm hopeful that I'm going to be invested from yeah, like you said, the puck drop Hurricane Rangers on uh, on noon at noon on Saturday. It's funny that the Islanders are playing. That's actually a good point. Like the all the other teams that they that we hate, generally speaking, as Islanders fans are going to be involved. But the one team that has a reason to hate Islanders fans or the Islanders is the one that they're actually playing in the, this qualifying round. You know, like the Panthers, right. they don't really have much of a beef against a whole lot of other teams either, but they have one against the Islanders that isn't really that old. You know and I mean? There's still probably, I'm sure there's plenty of Panthers fans out there that are kind of smarting from 2016 or whatever it was. And they're just going to be like, oh man, these guys again. It's like, meanwhile, we're watch, we're going to be watching Rangers hurricanes. Like, oh man, these guys again, hopefully they can, they can lose. But uh, the rosters have been released uh, for the bubble and you know, which teams are taking who with them to Toronto or Edmonton in the Western conference, like the Minnesota wild. Um, no real surprises on the Islanders side of who is going but a couple of surprises, I guess, um, on who is staying behind. Kiefer Bellows, uh, Grant Hutton, defenseman from Bridgeport, and Jacob Skarrick, the goalie, and Oliver Wallstrom uh, are all staying behind. Uh, they're not coming with them. So the Islanders have gone with a fairly veteran-heavy lineup, which, again, if you've been paying attention this whole time, should not surprise you in the slightest. Uh, Otto Koivula is involved. He's going um michael del cole obviously um leo komarov is going although leo hasn't played uh because of the eye injury i think he finally got on the ice a little bit late last week uh but i mean his status for actually playing in any of these games is very much up in the air we have absolutely no idea because his eye injury was pretty severe but tom kuhnhackle uh andrew ladd so the goalies that are going are Semyon varlamov thomas grice and christopher gibson but Ilya Sorokin will be joining the team in Toronto. He is ineligible to play, but uh, he's part of the group that's going. Uh, you know, he, they made it in, and and he's going to get some some practice time and some you know getting to know your teammates time, which is nice. Um, <laughs> you know, hopefully, uh, I think Arthur Staple said it either on a podcast or in a in an article where you know it. You first thought might be, oh my god, what happens if somebody gets hurt? One of the goalies gets hurt. Well, I got news for you: if one of those two first two goalies get hurt, if if either Grice or Varlamov gets hurt, this team wasn't going anywhere anyway. So, I mean, leaving you know, bringing Skarek or somebody like that to to leave Sorokin behind for somebody that might actually play, that wasn't going to happen anyway. So, as we've seen before, this is a team that when they're healthy and are trotting out their normal lineup, are pretty formidable. Uh, and when they lose somebody, well, you know. The scrambling needs to happen and and things have to start getting a little dicier. So uh, we'll have to see the the defense is basically exactly as you would expect. Uh, you know, uh, Hickey is going, which is nice to see. We haven't seen Thomas Hickey at all this season. He's been mostly in Bridgeport. Uh, Andy Green, who, you know, was acquired when Adam Pellick was hurt, is going. And now Adam Pellick is back. So when he gets to play, when Noah Dobson gets to play, we have no, absolutely no idea. Um, oh, yeah. One other thing on Wallstrom. Had Wallstrom played one more NHL game, his ELC for next year would have been burnt. So this is actually not just a situation where he's staying behind because maybe he's not offering them what they were looking for, but it's also sort of a contractual thing, which makes a little bit of sense as far as the Islanders go, because they're going to have a lot of uh, issues coming up uh, at some point later on. So we'll worry about them later. But um, again, no surprises. Uh, That might be something that bothers you. It might be something that excites you. I don't know, but uh, I'm interested to see again, this team is healthy once again. And, you know, this was essentially the the roster that 
had that 17 game winning streak very, very, very early last season. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see uh, who, what happens when they take the ice. Uh, I don't know about so much for the exhibition game on Wednesday against the Rangers, but definitely against the Panthers, they might have something to prove that they're that team and not the one that lost however many games in a row to, uh, to bring it up to the pause. So we'll have to see. Yeah. And I think uh, the, the Panthers actually like, if if I were to pick of of any team, I guess in in this tournament that the the Islanders probably match up. It's 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 I should say that the, the team that's most level with the Islanders in this entire tournament is the Panthers. Like they're they're probably a little bit better than Montreal. Uh, they're probably you know a little bit better. They might not have as much talent as the Rangers, but just team wise, like maybe a little bit better. Um, then you got like the Hurricanes and Penguins, obviously are better uh, than the Islanders. But uh, this 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 series is is in, in already in these weird circumstances where everything is just going to be a coin flip. Is a coin flip, like I said, I think I said this last time, a coin flip within a coin flip, and uh, it's it's a little daunting too because I like you, I didn't think about the Panthers really at all last year because yeah they hung around the fringe of the playoffs, but we played them so early in the year. I think we got rid of. Um, like our season series with them pretty early. I remember uh, there was that one game in October where Barzell, I believe, scored a game winner. They won like three one at Barclays on on like the Christopher Columbus matinee or something. And uh, they just were so far out of sight, out of mind uh, for basically the entire year. And now all of a sudden, uh, they that's that's who we have to beat to to qualify for you know round one point two of of the playoffs and like digging into them a little bit uh it's it they're still oddly familiar um from they they there's not much that has changed about them right they're top heavy on forwards uh with with uh Sasha Barkov, John Uberdo and uh Evgeny Dadanov and uh their middle six is all right like there's there's some good pieces there their defense is like same kind of situation Mackenzie Weger's good Aaron Ekblad's pretty good uh, Keith Dando can get the job done but it's really just going to come down to if Sergei Bobrovsky plays, plays well or not, I mean, that's what playoff series come down to anyway, right? Goaltending. And right. Uh, th- that's, that's the thing that's so strange. It's like if Sergei Bobrovsky sh- decides that he wants to play like Sergei Bobrovsky from, you know, two years ago and, and or the playoffs last year, even if the Islanders play their best, like they don't really have a chance. So it's such a hard series to call because not, not only are these teams already evenly matched, but the, the, the Panthers are kind of the team that's holding the Trump card. I think like, you can say that, the biggest, the Islanders' biggest trump card is probably you know their coaching and the fact that you know Trotz and these guys have will have them prepared and they don't really they're such a detail oriented group when they're going. Uh, but if Bobrovsky to me is like not only is he the trump the, the trump card for for the series, but if the Panthers if he plays really well, the Panthers could be kind of like a, a live dog in this whole thing, uh, which which is a little it's just funny because I think. You know, like they, they weren't they weren't going to make the playoffs and they all of a sudden I'm sure Bobrovsky maybe was like checked out a little bit towards the middle of the year. And uh, I know he struggled at the beginning of the year, too. But now all of a sudden, if this guy's fired up, like the Islanders just don't really stand a chance. And that's the thing that, that scares me the most. Uh, he's a uh, he's his ceiling is so exponentially high for a goaltender. Uh, you just don't know if he'll hit it because goalies are just super strange. Right. And, and on the other flip side, the flip side of that is that. We don't know what to expect from the Islanders goalies. You know, I mean, it wasn't too long ago that that Thomas Grice essentially won a playoff series against the Florida Panthers and nobody expected him to, to you know, stand on his head. And he just went there and, and was fantastic. Um, and, 
you know, help help drag the Islanders into a, a second round for the first time in 23 years. I mean, could he do that again? Simeon Varlamov went back to to uh, Texas, I believe, during the early days of the quarantine and, and was talking about, you know, finding practice time out there. And I guess he got a little bit of ice time, but it, it's going to be interesting. Like, I, you know, we could go over these things. I mean, basically what you just said could be said for any team. You know, like if Igor Shesterkin stands on his head for the Rangers, then they can go far too. Like it's just, it's kind of, that's how it's going to be. And and more so than, than any other situation. I mean, now you've only got five games. If, if the Islanders go into uh game one against the Panthers and, and they get stoned by Bobrovsky, they don't have a whole lot of time to figure out how to score on him. You know, they're going to have to, they only have, they got to win three games. So they're going to have to get right at it. And I trust Barry Trotz to have figured that out. But yeah, I wonder if the Panthers are saying the same thing about the Islanders. Like they know Grice pretty well. And if the, if he comes out there and, and all of a sudden shows up, I mean, also you got to remember too, this is basically Grice's last stand for the Islanders. I, I meant to mention this last week too, when they, when we talked about Sorokin, like if you're Thomas Grice, you, you know, now that you're not coming back. I mean, Lou Lamarello has said, Oh yeah, we're going to try and really sign all of our free agents. But you know, I mean, come on, let's let's be honest. Like they're they might throw some offer at at Grice, but it's not going to be something he's going to want to sign. And if if he does, then there's a good chance he ends up playing in Bridgeport. It's just not going to happen. This is his last turn with these guys who's have been his teammates for like five years now. So how is that? You know, how is that playing in his head? What's he going to want to do? I mean, he could go out and he could really he could be playing for a contract someplace else. And if he shows up in this tournament and becomes phenomenal then that's just going to make his next contract that much richer so we'll see i mean he's he's not young either i mean he's 30 something right so i mean this is a big deal for him um yeah he's gonna have the his his heir apparent is is there which is is yeah (laughs) i i just have a funny feeling that thomas grice is gonna end up uh with the devils i just kind of picture it kind of like how you can you you were all picturing franz nielsen with the the red wings when he went uh i just feel like the grice devil's connection really is coming i could totally see that and i can also see the hurricanes because he lives down there he's always like got the place packed when he goes down there so i could see that which would be terrifying i'd be honest like i don't want to see that happen but that's my i'm going i'm going to lay my money down on thomas grace carolina hurricane sometime next season but that's another that's another show for another time (laughs) we'll worry about that then um so yeah um you know the panthers are are an interesting club because you know and i mean we could say people probably say this about the islanders all the time like they've got a lot of good players they just never seem to put it all together and and you know joe quenville's there obviously he's one of the most winningest coaches in the nhl and and you know that that sort of stuff takes time we again as islanders fans we were spoiled last year barry trotz shows up and hands the islanders fan his best season in 30 odd years but um you know joe quenville knows what he's what he's doing he knows about handling forwards and and getting the most out of out of a lot of good players but i mean he did have a lot of all-stars when he was with chicago and that is not the case with with the panthers they do have barkov and uberdo you know they got brian boyle got a lot of those kind of okay like you said middle six guys uh their defense has a lot of names on it that you know keith yandel Ekblad guys have been around, but they just, they never seem to find that extra gear. And so I could be jinxing the Islanders right now. That to me has always been the sort of the Panther way is that they're pretty good. They just can never find that extra gear. So maybe they're going to find that. If they find that extra gear now, I agree with you. Like they could be a surprise team that, that goes pretty far. Uh, Or they could, you know, uh, sweep the Islanders and then get swept by whoever 
you know, make they they play the next round. I could see the Islanders doing the same thing. So it it, it will be interesting. And I mean, we won't know until it happens. And then again, it's going to be all about adjustments. And I, I like that Trotz is a guy who's never been afraid of adjustments. Sometimes he adjusts a little bit too much, and he's admitted as much if you've been following along with some of the little Zoom calls he's been <laughs> doing on the Islanders uh, page. He, he often has said, you know, eh, maybe we probably shouldn't have done that, or we shouldn't have done this, and he regret, has some regrets, I think, for how he controlled things uh, uh, towards the uh, the pause there. But but before all that stuff happens with the Panthers, uh, the Islanders do have an exhibition game against the Rangers. Uh, there, This isn't you know, a setup or anything. Everybody's playing an exhibition game against their bitterest rivals. So it's going to be Leafs, Habs, and Flyers, Penguins, and um, there's a couple of others that are that are like that too. So um, this is, I guess, just a way to stir up some some publicity. I don't like this one bit. The Rangers are one of those teams that, you know, again, we're on track to miss the playoffs. Then all of a sudden they got super hot, and now they're coming in, and they've got Artemi Panarin, who is a newly minted Hart Trophy finalist, deservingly so. And uh, I don't know. That team kind of scares me. So we'll hopefully somebody can take can take care of them. The hur- I mean, I'm rooting for the Hurricanes in this. I'm not not afraid to say it. I am. Uh, but I don't trust them either. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's a very fraught situation. I'm not, I'm yeah, not happy. I think that's the, the problem is like the weight of this whole thing is, is heaviest because, the, yeah, we're dealing with these teams that we shouldn't we shouldn't be dealing with, like the, the, the Rangers, for example. And yeah, like it's. I'm going to say this and it's, it's going to sound weird and it's probably going to change once the games start, but you know, you put in so much work as a, as a fan of a team like the Islanders. And I keep thinking about like, you know, if they go to, if they win the Stanley cup, which they're not going to do, but if they did like, and this is the only Stanley cup of my lifetime, like, you know, what would it make me feel like it's, and then the same at the same rate, like I know that I will hate the Rangers, the Maple Leafs or the Penguins winning the Stanley Cup just as much as I would at a normal year. It's just not fair. Like that, that's how I feel. Like like I'm I am it's almost and and this is something I've been accused of in the past and it might be right. Like I root probably maybe harder for against the teams that I hate than I do for the Islanders. And I root very, very, very hard for the Islanders. Uh it's just I you know what the 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 nature of this fan base is like we've just been, you know, beaten down by these people for so long that you know you just don't want to see them taste any success before before you do and uh, and i'm just i'm really freaking out about those three teams and but at the same token like we just don't know how they're going to come out like uh the betting market is pricing the rangers and and the flyers and uh like like they were like nothing has changed like they were still they're still red hot obviously their record shows that they are like they ended the season on a hot hot streak but that was four months ago so like there's just no nobody has any form and everyone's so i'm not i'm hoping hoping that the the rangers from october and november show up the team that took a while to get uh, their defense in line and even though panarin was was still playing really well back then and uh i'm just hoping that that's the the team we see and, and i'm hoping that the maple leafs are same thing like these are two very volatile defenses and i'm just hoping that the, the best case scenario, the one that won't happen, is that they both get blown out of the water and their defenses are terrible. And, um, you know, the, the, it raises questions from the media. You know, the, the Leafs are the Leafs is the Leafs window closing. Like, what are they going to do about their cap? Like, I, if we're reading those kind of articles by this time, I guess, you know, two weeks from now. Oh, my God, this whole this like this tournament will, it could be my favorite format ever. If I'm just you know reading James Myrtle athletic articles, defending, uh, you know, their cap and making up trades for for people that they can't afford and assuming that they're going to come to fruition. Like that's what I'm hoping happens. Obviously, you know, that's the best case scenario, yeah. but there's a it lot does, of worst case scenarios in this thing. And that's what's scary. 
Yeah, no, no, I agree with you. I, I agree that it's it's oftentimes, especially as Islanders fans, we tend to root against harder than we root for. Um, you know, the, actually, before I get to the Leafs, uh, real thing, real quick on Panarin. So I've seen, I still see people, you know, Islanders people kind of like, I, I feel like people still take his success and his um, finalist status as the Hart Trophy as some kind of slight against the Islanders because kind of came down to the 11th hour, you know, with the uh, kind of down to the wire a little bit with the free agency. I feel no connection to this guy whatsoever. Like I really don't. And I, and I get that, you know, people can feel how they want. I'm not telling people how to feel or not, but I mean, I, I never thought this guy was ever going to sign with the Islanders. So the fact that he signed with the Rangers and then went on to have a heart trophy like season, that is no skin off my back whatsoever. Like it sucks that he, cause he plays for the Rangers, but like, I don't see him as kind of like this trader status. Like, well, you know, of course he, you know, he signs there and instead of with the Islanders and this happens, I mean, he could have signed with, Anybody he could have signed with the Panthers and had this thing season and I wouldn't cared less like it's just it is what it is. So I'm not too worried about him. I mean, again, he had a great season. It bothers me that he's placed with Rangers, but with that, not there. There's no connection to the Islanders there. I don't feel it anyway. I just don't. And yeah, it's not, it's not like a personal connection with him. It's the the thing I that I that I won't forget is just letting myself believe that it could happen. And, and then when it didn't like all, all the Ranger fans and being like how could you ever think that he would choose the Islanders? so that's that's my 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 gripe isn't with you know him personally because like you said it wasn't he didn't like you know screw with the islanders he basically used the i guess he you know he did it seems like he used the islanders as leverage a little bit but uh more than we've been through a lot worse from a lot a lot of other players that you know should should have known better than than our tammy Panarin. so uh yeah it's not it's not him it's 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 a it's more of a them thing I guess so. That that makes more sense, I guess. Um, but then, you know, as far as, as Toronto and the Leafs go, it, it is notable that, again, no outside media is being allowed in. It's just, you know, uh, state sanctioned, I was going to say. It's uh, league sanctioned uh, and team media are, are allowed to be in. Uh, I do feel, though, that this is – it's and it's ironic because with the new CBA, they've done away with that week of, of free agent wooing. I feel like this is almost like Toronto's kind of like showcase – you know, as well, you know, you could play here all the time and it would be pretty awesome. If you like this, this bubble scenario, wait until you sign with the Leafs and play like this all the time. It does feel a little bit like that. That might just be my paranoia talking. I don't know, but it is, it is a little bothersome. And, and part of me does wish that it, you know, this bubble scenario would have happened in a place like, you know, Columbus or something. And, and you know, a lot of how, how many hockey writers would have been like, eh, whatever, who cares? Like, it's not a big deal because it's Columbus, you know. Uh, it's a little bit like with Edmonton, too. Like, the, the Edmonton media that I've been reading is, you know, almost it's like a campaign speech. Like, they've been trying to get people here to, like, see the majesty of Edmonton. And it's like, yeah, okay, we got it. It's, you know, you guys <laughs> love your Oilers. I totally understand. Um, but, again, that just might be me. Um, one quick I thing, though, with, with Ilya Sorokin, like I said, he, he can go. He's going to go. He, uh, he's still quarantining on Long Island, but he's going to meet the team, I guess, in Toronto. Um, he is ineligible to play. So don't expect him to see – don't expect to see him on the ice. And don't ask Lou Lamorello any questions about Ilya Sorokin. He basically came out and said uh, at some point, Ilya will join the team sometime next week. Uh, there is no specific time at this point. 
There's no specific time at this point, but he will join the team and go through the experience. He is ineligible to play. He will join the team. But then he basically was like, don't ask me any more questions. He said, he'll be there. As far as his development and his process, that will all take place. Right now, let's just focus on this team getting prepared for the Stanley Cup playoffs. So he's going to be there. Don't talk about him. Don't ask about him. He's going to be there to meet the guys and practice and such. But as far as everybody knows, he is not part of the whole practice thing. So, I mean, it'll be kind of cool to see him get there. Um, we've heard that his English is pretty good. Obviously, he has a buddy uh, in Ilya, um, in jeez, uh, Simeon Varlamov. <laughs> and uh, it should be kind of cool. I mean, it'd be kind of a cool experience. I almost wish that, you know, he could blog about it because he's going to be in a unique scenario. Although, I guess, Kabil like Kaprizov and uh, who's the other guy? Alexander Romanov of the Habs are going to be in the same situation. But it, it's going to be a unique experience for them to be in this bubble with all these guys and kind of feel the 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 tournament but not actually play in the tournament so i, I don't know i, I kind of wish they would blog a little the, bit the <laughs> brent sopel soap dish from the 2016 yeah right the, the russian version the mm. sorokin dish yeah he, he I mean, i'm sure that will there's enough islander fans that follow um uh russian hockey media now uh mm. that i'm sure that they'll be talking to him and stuff and we'll we'll, we'll get uh canned answers from his uh from his experiences but uh yeah i'm excited and it, it's just hilarious that um the arthur staple tweeted that he's gonna he doesn't know what number like is officially gonna be his but for right now he's wearing 31 which obviously is not allowed to be worn by an islander so <laughs> yeah it's just a practice number staple said um, I guess some, somebody in, in one of the under one of his tweets said maybe he's like the 31st player. I don't know. That maybe makes sense. Uh, he wore 30 in that prospect camp he was at a couple of years ago. Um, he's not going to wear 31. So, I mean, but Lou apparently did talk to Billy Smith and told him, don't freak out. He's going to be wearing 31. <laughs> don't come over here and try and whack him in the knees. You know? yes. uh, <laughs> he's not wearing uh, a number. But um, I mean, I don't even know if we're going to see him on the ice. I mean, I don't think that, you know, practices are going to be shown or anything. I guess, again, maybe team sites will have a little bit of practice footage or something. But uh, yeah, so yeah, so exciting, but uh, still also a little bit of a tease. <laughs> we want to see him out there, but uh, we're just going to have to wait until December. So, uh, OK, uh, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the NHL's 32nd team that we'll also uh, not see for a little while. But uh, they made some news this week and uh, let's talk about some other random stuff that pops up. All right. Uh, join us then. Thanks. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. 
Our sponsor is VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get T-shirts, hoodies, mugs, featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. Uh, You should check it out. You could use the code Lighthouse15 to save 15% off your order. Uh, There's all kinds of stuff in there. Dayton Flyers, Long Island Ducks, New York Raiders, uh, you name it. If it's a hockey team that existed, you'll find it at VintageIceHockey.com. Again, say use Lighthouse 15 to save 15%. Also, you can get our Al Arbor t-shirts and uh, all of our portion of the sales for that go to Dementia Research. So do that. Check out VintageIceHockey.com today. And I get some cool shirts because it's a summertime. It's hockey time, you know, as as normal, as, as it is usual in August. Get to, go to the beach or maybe not. Sit at home and watch TV in a uh, VintageIceHockey.com t-shirt. Uh, so a new team... Not yet defunct, not even doesn't even uh, (laughs) hasn't even played yet, uh, was unveiled this week. It is the Seattle Kraken. Uh, You know, (laughs) this is the kind of team this team name would like popped up on Twitter like two years ago uh, when Seattle was first announced. And it's like, yeah, okay, they're going to name the team Kraken. And they did. And it's a little bit weird. Like, it's a little cool, but it's also a little like, do you really want basically a Twitter poll naming your hockey team (laughs) for the next 20 something years? I will say this, the team, the name itself sounds like it's going to be dated very quickly. Like, you know, isn't like the Orlando magic a little bit dated now? Like it's a little bit, you know, I mean, it's not a bad name, but it's a little dated. feels a little nineties ish. The avalanche feels a little bit dated. Um, but that being said, the, I think the colors, the logo and the jerseys are all pretty dope. They all look really cool. Uh, it's blue, but it's kind of a different shade of blue. Uh, I like the logo a lot. Two logos actually there's an anchor logo with space needle there, which is uh, kind of cool. Uh, and so I think they did an okay job. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they come to regret that name a little bit <laughs> in a couple of years, like the devil rays did. If you remember the Tampa Bay devil rays and they were not just the rays, but, uh, I think it was pretty cool. And they had, they already, their social media team is already working overtime. Uh, they're working on the Vegas blueprint of just, you know, inundated people with, with, uh, memes and videos and stuff like that. So, uh, what did you think of the, the Seattle Kraken reveal? Yeah, I thought, uh, first of all, I thought the video that they revealed felt very like, I was like, I feel like I'm watching an, the Islanders Nassau Coliseum jumbotron like before a yep. playoff game. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it, it was like very Islanders nautical theme. I'm like, I'm just waiting for them to be like, where's Seattle Islanders? Uh, right. But uh, yeah, I mean the, the the aesthetics are really nice. Uh, I I was kind of hoping that they were going to go with um, I I really like that name, like the Sockeyes. I thought it was cool, or if you, they made it like uh, the Seattle Metropolitans, which was their old team, but. Just because you know I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff, but you know we're we're about as far away from this franchise as you can get, so uh, it's not really up to us. But I think I, I mean I I just think it's cool to watch these hockey teams because, like you were saying in like the the the, the mid '90s expansion, uh, those and I'm like that's pre social media and all that stuff uh, with that caveat, but uh, they just feel like they were always um, they were flops and they were just made fun of by everybody. Uh, so it, it, it's nice to see like the, the NHL is doing really well with like, just like, I don't know if it's like image stuff or if it's like PR or whatever it is. Like these teams are le- really leaning into, uh, things. I think we've seen it much more with the Islanders over the past, you know, three or four years too. Like they're, they're paying homage to the, to like their local ties and they're not afraid to, to take a chance and like be a little risky. Whereas it used to be. You know, if the, the NHL, the last thing they ever wanted to be uh, perceived as was uh, minor league. And now, like, you know, they're letting a team call themselves a Seattle Kraken, which I, I think is is just cool in that regard that uh, they're not 
they're not being afraid of saying, you know, no, maybe you should just be, you know, the Seattle Thunder or something, you know, something, uh, you know, company lineish. But uh, I'm 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 excited too because you know, as we saw with what happened with the the Knights, uh, the sure their first season was was crazy, but the added um, drama that the expansion draft gives to the season leading up to uh, the dra- the actual expansion draft is is awesome. Like you, you, you got this guy, one day this guy's on the list. We're, we're all like, oh, well, there's no problem. Seattle, Seattle will take, uh, you know, Jordan Everly if he's struggling or something like, and, or they'll, we'll be like, oh no, we can't let him get, they, we can't expose Jordan Everly. And so like that whole uh, situation will be a lot of fun just to kind of debate. And then of course, when, when it actually comes, uh, none of that came to fruition. Like it was like JF Perube or something. And like, yeah. there's that weird trade with Grabowski. And uh, so who knows like obviously teams aren't going to fall for the same stuff like think about the panthers like they gave up riley uh riley smith and jonathan marston so yeah i don't think they're going to be doing that yeah exactly (laughs) so it's going to be interesting to see what loopholes like the uh ron francis is going to have to try to uh finagle because no one's going to fall for for vegas stuff again uh but i'm sure that he'll be able to so there's no there's no shortage of really terrible contracts out there that are even more terrible now because of the flat cap so uh just i'm i'm excited for that kind of stuff uh the the off-season intrigue. Yeah, the the expansion draft plus the flat cap is going to be a very explosive potentially scenario because you are going to have guys that are making a lot of money and this might be sort of that escape valve that the team is looking for to get rid of a guy like that. Uh, you know, I don't know if Andrew Ladd's going to be an Islander around this time, but I am almost certain that if he is, he will be unprotected in the expansion draft. Um, Noel wrote a, a really cool article about some guys that could potentially um, be snapped up, you know, might be a younger guy like Kiefer Bellows or might be an established guy like Scott Mayfield who might end up getting kind of pushed out by others, but, you know, can't quite stick. And and he would be a good player for for a team that's, you know, up and coming because he's a good player and, and he's been around the block and could provide some solid uh, minutes for them. Uh, this is funny, though, because like this, somebody's this is going to be somebody's last, not this this tournament coming up. But this tournament plus the next season, which again is probably going to start in December, it's going to be somebody's last season with the Islanders, and they're going to be a Seattle uh, Kraken at some point in, in 2021. So the Belmont's going to open, and a guy that you might like on the current team, well, he ain't going to be there. He's going to be on the visiting side. So um, it's a little bit weird. It is funny though that, like you said, you know the Vegas one. I think we all remember pretty well, and there were a ton of moves and stuff, and you know the Islanders kind of made that trade basically to protect Adam Pellick, I think for the most part. And then at the end of the day, it was like, really? Why? Well, you know, two years later, we see why, like he went down and all of a sudden the Islander season kind of fell apart. So you see that, you know, Garth Snow had kind of an idea of what was going on and why he, they would want to protect Adam Pellick. And this was way before Barry Trotz even came on board. So, um, you know, that, that move ended up, I guess, kind of working out. They ended up giving up a first round pick, which was used on a defenseman named Eric Brandstrom, who was then flipped to Ottawa yep. in the Mark Stone trade. So you know, the jury's still out a little bit. I mean, the the, big, the Golden Knights used that pick to get Mark Stone. So in a way, the Island and the Islanders didn't. So I guess in a way, they've already made out pretty well. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't think anybody's going to be. You know, if Dale Talon ends up trading another, you know, two guys that end up forming 
a top line to this Seattle team. I don't know what to tell you. That's what he basically did with yeah. the Golden Knights. Yeah, and then they ended up riding that line and, you know, some spectacular goaltending all the way to cup final in their first year. And Dale Talon did everybody a favor because it showed how, how, uh, you know, uh, crazy this could be if you make a deal that, you know, maybe one too many things happen. You, you get a little bit too defensive. You end up giving a team, handing a team, uh, you know, their best, their best forwards. And it's like, Dude, that's not the point. Like, you could hold on to your good players, Dale. Like, you, you might right. have to give up one of them, not two. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, I think, and nobody, <laughs> there were all these, you know, mock drafts and people were kind of excited about, you know, what the what it would look like. And then when those weird trades started to happen, everyone was like, what is going on? This yeah. feels really strange. And then they pulled the rug out from everybody. They're like, oh, no, we figured this out. We, mm-hmm. we took a long time to, you know, figure out the best way to um, kind of, uh, finagle the, the 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 expansion draft and uh but i think what you're saying about you know this is going to be someone's last season or season plus as an islander uh it kind of just holds true across the board not just with the draft like you know obviously there's some pretty obvious ones like grice and you know i don't think Derek brassard is going to be back unless you know the islanders if he maybe shows something islanders assign him to another cheap one-year deal but uh like they the flat cap is going to really test to lose uh like his his moxie like you know is he you know is he past his prime because this this tournament i think is going to be the last time we see someone that we're not expecting not to see like uh you, you mentioned scott mayfield he definitely could be it it could be you know a, a, a forward who has some term left or uh you know a different defenseman with term left because the islanders like you know it's it's going to be uh a little bit of a, a a slog to get out of this cap mess and We'll certainly talk about it, you know, more when when the season actually finally ends after nearly you know eleven months or whatever will be going on. But uh, it's just like that's that's one thing that I keep reminding myself. Like I I want to watch these guys because I don't really know. Like this is it. Like uh, you know, is this the last time I'm going to see you know Scott Mayfield or something as an Islander? And I, he's a guy who, 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 who I really enjoy. You know, I don't think he's he's maybe not the best the best def- defenseman. He's not all that skilled, but uh, he's certainly a, an Islander through and through. And and you know, he, he was, uh, he's what is it, five years now, basically, because he came along in that, that capital series. So it's just, it's, it's going to be weird that one of these guys, probably maybe two of them are, are, uh, that, that we didn't expect are going to be, uh, no longer on, on the Island, uh, on the other side of this tournament. But yeah, that's a good point. Like with the, with the flat cap coming up, by the way, it's going to be 81 and a half million, uh, starting, I guess, next season. And, uh, yeah, I mean that that's a good point. Like it is gonna test not only Lou, but a lot of other GM Sevy out there because you're gonna need to get rid of some of these guys. And again, like we talked about last week, you know, I, I think a lot of us expected there to be some kind of buyout scenario this year, but that never materialized. And so you're gonna have to get rid of these guys somehow, some way. And whether that means, you know, long term IR or burying them in the minors, if that even helps in some cases, it doesn't. Um, you know, I'm looking at cap friendly right now and I'm looking at like the senators, devils, Kings, avalanche, blue jackets, Canadians, like Rangers. These are the teams that have the most cap space right now. I don't know what they're going to look like next year, but like, let's assume that for the the devils, for example, and senators, we we know that they're going to have a lot of cap space next year. (laughs) Like they just are. Um, and, uh, I mean, is, are any of them going to want to help out a GM by just taking some, some over the hill guy banking too much money? just to help them out. And if they, maybe they will, but if they, if they do, it's probably going to cost the Islanders or any team, a high draft pick or a, a top prospect or something like that. So, you, you know, for the Islanders to get underneath that cap, Mike, 
it might require also losing a guy like a Kiefer Bellows, like, uh, I don't know, like an Oliver Wallstrom in order to get rid of a guy like, say, an Andrew Ladd or a Johnny Boychuk. I don't know. I'm just throwing names out there. Um, but that's a possibility, too. So in addition to losing somebody from the expansion draft, which, again, is going to happen next summer, this cap casualty, yeah, they're going to cause it's going to cause this cap space thing is going to cause some casualties, too. And it's going to mean that somebody's going to disappear. Maybe two guys you like are going to disappear. Uh, it's going to be something. And and like you said, I, I think, you know, drawing it back to what's going to happen in the next week, uh, this tournament might go a long way into settling who stays and who goes, not just for the Islanders, but for a lot of teams. You know, I mean, it's it's going to it's going to be a big thing. And, you know, if a guy shows up at this tournament and he plays lights out, well, maybe he just bought himself a seat at the table <laughs> when, the, when the cap management part starts. And if he shows up and he's out of shape and unmotivated and he just doesn't care, well, guess what? He might find himself on a new team a lot sooner than, than the expansion draft because, uh, you know, all of a sudden that cap room suddenly his, his chunk of cap space all of a sudden becomes a lot more expendable and a lot more you know enticing to get rid of. So we'll have to that's, see what happens. That's why I think, I think Broussard actually is such an interesting player to kind of watch and just keep in mind for this thing. Cause I would say that if Derek Broussard, if, if this season kind of finished normally and it kind of went down the path that it was looking like it was going down, it would probably be like 50, 50 if Broussard found another NHL contract for, uh, the upcoming season uh, i would i would say he maybe be more likely to you know take a camp tryout or go to europe than than actually sign a, a ufa deal but like what if what if he plays the islanders go on a little bit of a run and he, he's a big part of it like and like you, we know the cap is going to be a huge issue like it, it could make sense to be like all right we'll give this guy another cheap deal because that's at least a, a roster spot with uh, a guy who's going to be making you know you know pennies on the dollar rather than trying to go find someone else uh to to, to fill that hole we might have to pay up for it we, we, we don't have any familiarity with um and then it's like Andrew Ladd is like the another one who who's interesting too. what if you know he's he showed signs of life really did in that Vancouver game and right. it it was just so funny because he played so well and then obviously this, the season stops and now you like if that Andrew Ladd shows up like he's that he's still not worth seven and a half million dollars but at least it makes the Islanders life a little bit easier because you're like all right at least you know he's back to being I guess he could be a th- effective third or fourth line grinder for the next couple of years. And uh, that who, who knows, like he can, he can play with Sezikis and Clutterbuck or something. And so he's like, he's like another one who's, it's almost like this weird, uh, it's, it's sure it's, they're playing for the Stanley cup, but uh, there's going to be so many players on these teams that are just auditioning for like a new, a new contract, a new lease on life guys who, who were up against it, who might be, you know, be able to, to kind of uh, survive like another off season, which who you didn't think what would, would be able to right yeah i think lad is one of the more interesting islanders in this scenario because you know we we know what we get from so many of these guys both on defense and on offense i mean you know, unfortunately what we get is not a whole lot of goals which we've seen <laughs> in the most of the season uh you know i, I actually arthur state i meant to mention this arthur staple had a nice article the other day at the athletic about you know kind of kind of where the islanders are at heading into this this uh series with the Panthers and, and he brought up a good point. Like, you know, the big difference between last year and this year, the Islanders just don't score as many goals as they used to. And, and they let, let in a little bit more, but they don't score a whole lot more. And that that's a big part of the problem. And so a little bit, you know, here or there makes a big difference. And if la you know, and I, I sound like a broken record and I almost don't even want to say this because I feel like I've been saying the same thing for four seasons, but 
maybe in this situation, it is actually true <laughs> that if the Islanders can get something consistent offensively from Andrew Ladd, that would be a huge, huge a card to play in their favor because that's a guy they don't expect much from let's face it we don't expect him to even be healthy let alone actually get out there and do some stuff but if he can show up and end up being one of the team's you know top scorers on top of the guys who are normally their top scorers barzell lee Eberly, guys like that um you know that that would be something and then all of a sudden your third line which you know again we we all forgot about jg Paggio, who they went out and got and he played seven games and the whole the whole season stopped i mean if he can find some chemistry um, they had a line going on with uh, Broussard, Pajot, and Beauvillier, a little French connection situation. If that line can work and if Ladd can find some kind of chemistry with, with Brock Nelson, then all of a sudden, you know, you've got the makings of a, of a pretty good offensive team. Now, again, I know you're hearing this thinking, really? You, you know, how many times have we been around this? I get it. I don't expect it to happen. I really am sitting here and I, I already know that. He's going to end up, you know, he's going to have one goal in, in 10 games or whatever it is. And we're never going to have, or he'll have, you know, one assist in five games and it will be on an empty netter and we'll be like, yeah, there's Lad again. But, you know, it's true. Like if he ends up being, um, you know, productive, um, that's that's only going to help the Islanders. Uh, if he's the only one who's productive, well, that's a big problem. But if he's productive as anybody else is productive, um, this could be something. And again, maybe he feels like this is a chance to, to show up and, and, you know, this might be his, his prime time as an Islander. He hasn't had one yet. So maybe this is the time. Um, another, just uh, changing gears real quick. Uh, we'll talk about it for a few minutes. Um, news today uh, on Sunday, John Chaka is no longer the GM of the Arizona coyotes. He, uh, the team says there's a couple of uh, really interesting back and forth here. The team just says he quit. He up and quit. He left the team. You don't want to be the team GM anymore. He's gone. He says that the team, prevented him from continuing his, his role as general manager. Who's right? We don't know. It's a weird situation. The Coyotes are in the qualifying tournament. I forget who are they even playing. They're playing somebody. Um, and uh, yeah, now they have a new GM. So the Predators. Predators. Okay, yeah, the so, Predators. Um, uh, they I got just... Taylor Hall. They got, you know, trying to sign him. Uh, this is a very strange. This is even Elliot Friedman brought up the Lamorello firing of, uh, or hiring of uh, uh, Larry Robinson and firing of Robbie Fatorik and all that stuff. And, um, you know, this is not like that. This is very weird <laughs> to, to be going on in this situation with a brand new general manager. I don't know. Steve Sullivan, former Steve devil. Sullivan. Steve Sullivan. Yeah, that's what I saw during like, I saw someone said like the high headlines said Sullivan takes his place. I'm like, there's no way that Steve Sullivan is. No way Steve <laughs> Sullivan is, 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 uh, is old enough to be a GM. And, uh, but he, uh, yeah, I mean, the Chaka thing was, because when they when they hired him, they were you know it was like almost Dubas light the way that they were celebrated right. for yeah I think he was Dubas one point exactly and now and now obviously that's kind of blown up in their face a little bit and it just it I mean it just goes to show you that just because somebody is a um, looks looks like they're they're ahead of the game in, in that way and they're they're coming from uh, MIT or, or McGill or something and the, the the people skills like you still need people skills to to we see it with Trots like Trots. Uh, is his uh i want to say he's he's very analytics heavy with the way he talks about the game especially but he's a he's a perfect uh example of a, a good man manager and someone who who sees the big picture while also working on the little picture so when these teams hire someone like uh yeah like like john chaka who is totally unproven and, and you, you wonder like is there a little like do you and we hate i hate it so much like when 
when you know Jim Matheson's and Scott Burnside's of the world are like, oh well, you know this guy didn't work his way up. But at the same time, like there there is there's a lot more risk to, to making those hires. And if you get it wrong, like they did, like it could set you back. Because why why on earth would Taylor Hall stick around now? Like you know, I, I don't like this, the, why who's going to sign with them in in the off season if 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 that kind of stuff is happening and. Uh, the bickering is fun to watch from a from a neutral standpoint. It, it feels very Islanders ish, which uh, yeah. <laughs> is nice. Like it's nice to not be the team that's fighting with a XGM over uh, press conferences or press releases. Uh, but uh, it's uh, it's it's super strange, and uh, it just adds like a, just another wrinkle. It's it's about the, what the thirtieth weird weirdest thing that's happened in in uh, the season now, I guess. Yeah. Um, it, it's, I don't know. It, it is, it is fun to watch kind of from far off. And yeah, I mean, let, let's be honest, like Cheka was a guy who was treated a little bit like an alien from another world by a lot of these old <laughs> hockey guys that yeah. were just like, he uses numbers. Well, yeah, I guess. I mean, but, uh, you know, I, I think that the biggest problem he's going to face is that, you know, the Coyotes just simply weren't successful on under his watch. And so I don't know if, you know, he's ever going to get that kind of, yeah. uh, you know, uh, respect that, you know, maybe he, he deserved. I don't know. But it's he, yeah. I, I mean, again, I I like making fun of John Jacob because he looked like he was 15 years old and he was like, you know, the assistant manager at your local Wendy's or something like he was a very young looking guy. Um, and, you know, we all like these these guys that are you know kind of analytically inclined and stuff but at the end of the day if your team is not successful i mean there's not much you can do they have with the panthers remember the computer boys they were running the the panthers and then you know whatever happened to well guess what dale talon's back in charge so i guess computer boys you know they don't get a whole lot of time to which is unfair you know they really do deserve the amount meanwhile you know some guys end up getting chance number three four five whatever uh, and still haven't been successful, but because they're like, you know, old hockey guys that they, they kind of do. So, um, but it is interesting. It is There's a very Islander situation. This is my, you know, my parent, I guess, paranoia or anti-Leafs brain talking. But the one thing that is great about it is I hope it just turns the heat up a little bit on Kyle Dubas because they'll be like, oh, is this going to be another Jacob situation? With, if the Leafs, <laughs> the Leafs do, do stumble this year or yeah. maybe next year or something. And uh, that would be nice because I like to see, I would like to see that guy squirm a little bit. Um, (laughs) yeah apparently there it had to do with um you know him being getting offers to like work in other leagues and maybe you know at the ownership level or something so i could totally see that happening like you know squirming you know that that you know is kyle dubas getting recruited by some other team Mm, i don't know so but um yeah the toronto guys they always they always look out for each other he's never gonna it doesn't matter what he does he'll he'll always be uh you know the golden boy so and uh you know but but some of them still do pine for Lou, which is still kind of funny for me. I just I find that hilarious. Um, breaking news, by the way, just a, this just came over the wire right now. Ilya Sorokin not wearing number thirty one at camp. Arthur State has apologized for the error. It's okay, Art. It happens to the best of us. Uh, Billy Smith, stand down, please. It's all right. <laughs> you don't need to. I can see Billy Smith like getting getting like like the Hulk. He's just like out there getting angrier and angrier and just getting bigger and throwing houses and stuff like that, you know. So, but at least Rokin, we don't know what number he's going to wear. We'll find out, but it won't be thirty-one. So we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. So uh, Wednesday uh, exhibition game versus the Rangers. That's a night thing, right? I don't even know what what, what time. Yeah, I have no idea. I'm, I'm going to try not to watch that one, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like we were saying like it's already going to feel weird to watch the first game of that Panther series. Like 
this would that game will kind of just complicate things more than anything. I, hope, I wish they kind of just played it and truly in behind closed doors and just be like, yeah. all right, yeah, they played everyone's okay. Here's how it right. finished. Um, there was a couple nice plays by this guy and that guy and uh, on to game one. <laughs> um, so yeah, so TBA on that one, you'll find out. I'm sure it'll be on MSG. Um, but the first game against the Panthers is at four o'clock on Saturday. Uh, again, it'll be on MSG or whatever. If you're out of town, I, I think it's on NHL network. Um, and yeah, we'll have to just kind of see how it goes and see how it feels. And, you know, by this time next week, they'll have one game in the books and it'll be the Islanders first game since, since February. So we'll have to see what happens. And then two weeks later, well, they might be done. Uh, what, you know what? I didn't even look and see. So what happens to the teams that are done? They're just stuck in the bubble until the whole damn thing is over. Is that what's happening or. I I don't know. It feels like there should be some sort of ceremony of like them, like, like survivor, you know, kind of thing. (laughs) um yeah i I didn't even look that up i don't even know but i I mean i assume they at that point they let them out but who knows but uh yeah not really Um, sure yeah i don't know we'll we'll, i guess we'll know once somebody loses uh (laughs) they'll tell us um but uh yeah we'll we'll get together again after i guess a couple of games uh against the panthers or maybe game one we'll see and uh we'll figure it out you're you're moving into a new house so uh we'll uh we'll have to work around your schedule it's okay (laughs) yeah Yeah, sure we'll make it work for uh all right whenever um in in the meantime, uh, you may ever you probably already see it. Uh, Joe was recording tonight a new episode of PTIL, so if you haven't checked that out yet, you definitely should. Uh, you should also check out Noel and Dan's Advanced Shouting. I totally biffed on this last week. I meant to mention it. Uh, they do it live on Facebook. They got some great guests. They had uh, Wyshynski on the other day. They had uh, actor Greg uh, Greg Grunberg, who you know from Alias and Lost and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Michael Vartan, an actor too. He's on a bunch of the shows. Uh, so uh, check it out. It's called Advanced Shouting. Uh, Dan and Noel, you should follow them already on Twitter and they, they post the, the links when they go live. I think it's Thursdays on Facebook. So check it out. Uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, thank you for listening to us. Uh, enjoy the playoffs, qualifying rounds, the exhibition games, whatever you watch. And uh, follow Mike on Twitter. Can you tell everybody your Twitter handle again? Sure. It's uh, the Big Lebowski with two E's. Follow Mike at Twitter at the Big Lebowski. You get some betting advice. If you want to make some money off of this whole thing, he can help you out. Follow him and uh, read his stuff at Action Network. You can follow me at Culture of Losing. You can follow Lighthouse Hockey at, at LHH Hockey. Uh, you can follow us. I forgot to stump for at LA at LHH podcast, which is the podcast Twitter account. It's been pretty dormant because we haven't had any podcasts in a few months, but we're still out there. So you can, you can follow that. And uh, when something new pops up, you'll see it. Uh, thanks again. VintageIceHockey.com, Lighthouse 15, save yourself some money. And uh, we'll talk to you again. I don't know when at some point after a game or two against the Florida Panthers. And uh, we'll see which Islanders team shows up for this qualifying round. All right. Thanks a lot. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.